I was wondering if, if I should put a couch in the studio. I mean, this sounds like not much of a decision to you, but to me, it's a major, major decision. So I I started, I went online and I started looking at artist studios to see how many artists had couches uh, in their studios. And I found one site, there was like, there's like 300 artists, pictures of like 300 artist studios and, and uh, of different, you know, sculptors, painters, whatever, new media people, uh, photographers are there even. And I started uh, scrolling through this site and my God, um, I got lost in just looking at pictures of other artists' spaces, how they, where they create their art. Uh, I saw a few couches, um, but I'm still undecided. Anyway, this episode is about artist studios and and how to think about them, I guess, or or how to how to think about yours maybe a bit differently if you're about to make one, if you have one now, um, or if you want to change it in some way. This is a show about jewelry, why we wear it, why it matters, how it's made, and what it means. I'm Alex D, and I turn cannabis into gold. I make mind-blowing jewelry in gold, silver, and platinum from cannabis plants here in Canada for stage, screen, for people who want to rock crazy jewelry. I'm the Cannabis Goldsmith. sometimes studios are even hidden from the people who who built them I know my mother she was a sewer she did lots of sewing she was very good at it and uh, she actually was a milliner in her uh, as a young woman and that whole that whole trade was kind of dying off and and so there was no future in that, but she had the skills. And I guess when she met my dad, my mom, I remember her telling me, oh, we, uh, when we got our first apartment, I wanted an apartment with a spare room. This is, I remember this clearly, a spare room. She wanted an extra room in the apartment. I, to her, I guess this, she, she, I guess she considered this symbolized wealth. Uh, she didn't really have, they didn't really have much when they started out. Um, this was before I, I was born, but they wanted, my mom wanted an apartment with a spare room and not to store stuff like today. If, if we, if people today, if they want more room, it's usually to put stuff in, but in her case, they didn't have anything, but she wanted a spare room and, uh, a sewing machine went into it. And I think that was her studio. I've just had a realization about this. As as I grew up, she had a spare room with a sewing machine in it, not much else in it. It was very sparse, very kind of spare, nothing there. If there was stuff that needed storage, it was hidden away. So there was it wasn't visible at all. It was just like a, a sewing machine table, maybe a little chest of drawers with with wool and different kinds of sewing stuff so it just occurred to me that this was her studio i don't think it even occurred to her that it was her studio but 
After looking at all these pictures of artist studios, this was her studio. She had built a studio to do her sewing art or whatever, her sewing craft in this space. And she had carved it out in the household for herself. And I thought, fuck, I never saw that until just now. But a studio is a space you, you carve out in, in your, in, out of your living area or, yeah, even outside of your, it has to be outside of your living area in some way, whether it's in a different room, in a section of the room. Uh, some people who don't have space get a little area that they, they consider a, a studio. Sometimes a kitchen table is the studio if there's nothing else to put in it. But in this episode, I'm talking about dedicated studios for making art. And by art, I mean a creative uh, pursuit. Could be photography, could be radio, could be like podcasting, could be sewing, painting, sculpting, jewelry making, whatever. Anything, a creative pursuit like that, where you're bringing ideas into reality can happen in a studio. So I was looking at this page of all these different studios, and I guess the the what occurs to me is the if if you look at just the studios, you don't look at the names of who owns them, or you don't know who they are. I don't know a lot of artists. I'm not an art historian, or even you know I don't know anything about paintings or sculpt sculptures. I'm still learning. I'm trying to learn more about it. But I'm just looking at these different types of art studios, and some are uh, neat and tidy. Some are just really messy. Some are very um, structured, like they might be messy, but it's not disordered. And then others are completely disordered. There's one photo of a studio that, that just strikes me. I can't find it anymore, but I've seen, you'll, if you do a search for artists, famous artist studios, you'll see Francis Bacon's studio. And uh, there's pictures of it that it just looks like, I'll describe it to you. If you went into a like a city like New York or Toronto or London and you gotta skip one of these um a dumpster. If you got a dumpster, full dumpster, and you tipped it tipped it upside down in an alleyway, so all the garbage like fell out into the alleyway, and then you cleared a little space out of the middle and put an easel and a chair there, this was Francis Bacon's studio. This is his studio. I mean, you have to see a picture of it to see what I'm talking about. But the, the, picture, the picture that I remember seeing was sort of a cockpit view where, you know, if you, you've seen photos of a pilot, an airline pilot, you know, he's sitting in the, in, the, in the pilot's chair and there's all these like dials all around him, you know, within arm's reach, but, you know, but all around, like uh, everywhere. But the focus is, I guess, in the, the in front, directly in front of him, that steering wheel or whatever. And this is Francis Bacon's studio. It's like configured. So this trash, there's like there's like a trash kind of disorder completely surrounding him within arm's reach. And yet there's the easel directly in front of him, like the steering wheel, right? It's like it's just a crazy picture. And I, I can't find that picture anymore. But uh, the the photos you see now online are, are shot from the from behind the easel, so you you don't you you know you you have the paintings view of the of the room, I guess, or the person walking into it and going, "What the fuck? Like, how does anybody 
do anything on this thing. Like, anyway, that's his studio. That's the one that strikes me. Then there are other ones um, that I sort of, I like the sculpture, the sculpt, sculptor's studios best because there's lots of objects in them. Like there's there's not just paint, right? There's there's different things of different shapes and and sizes. I know I talked about sculpture gardens in um, the episode last week about making a, a garden or a library of objects of different sizes and stuff. But I mean, that's what I look at these these sculpture studios. When I was a young man, I I was a photographer and um, I still am, but but it was more the direction in my life. And I had uh, visions of having a a high ceiling studio with these big warehouse windows facing north because that was the light that was supposedly the best for for studio work and you know downtown at some urban center with like 14 foot ceilings where you could you could unroll big sheets of this background paper and like put models on on it and they'd photograph them standing up like this is what I thought I wanted as a uh, photographer, right? As a studio. But it turns out my studio was actually raves and uh, after-hours parties and and stuff in, in the city, like at 3 in the morning, in rooms filled with like 10,000 people dancing. And it turned out that was my studio. And, and I had no, I guess... It was unpredictable, but that's how I, I wound up in, in those spaces. So I considered those my studios. But I, I, had, a, I had to build another studio to, to, um, to produce the magazine that I ended up publishing. So that was basically a computer on a desk. And, um, and that was it for my studio, for the magazine, when I was like just starting starting that out. So a studio is something that you, it's like a, an area you can configure to support your art ideas and design ideas. And it can change. And sometimes it can all kludge together. Like I'm looking at some of these famous people's studios. I like it when I see cameras and, and on tripods and, and stuff in some of those studios. I don't see them very often, but I'm sure they, they tuck them away in the closet so they don't appear in these photos. Because if they're a painter, they don't want they don't want a camera or something there. But but I noticed Henry Moore again. I, I keep coming back to this guy, this guy who had the sculpture garden in his studio, the sculpture library. There's one photo I've seen of him. He has a camera, a pretty serious two and a quarter film camera, and he's, he's taking a picture of one of his sculptures because he wants to see how it looks, I guess, through the lens. Now, Grayson Perry mentioned this once too about about taking photos of your of your art with your phone and to see how they look from different perspectives. So this is a good idea to do, no matter what you make. But anyway, back to the studio spaces. Like, what do you need, really, to make whatever you need? My mom needed a, a, a corner in a spare room. She didn't even need the spare room. She could have put that, like, she could have put that, so, that, that table with her sewing machine somewhere else in the house. But having this room to herself was a place where she could go in and focus on. As soon as she walked into that room and sat down at that, at that sewing machine table, she, she was in art mode. She was in sewing mode, right? 
And this is this is what the studio does. It puts you in a mindset where you can where you're there to do work. So separating it from from your living space is um, is important to a lot of artists. Although a lot of artists live in their studios, it's just a weird thing. You know, artists live in. I lived in my studio space when I was like uh, publishing a magazine, a DJ culture magazine. I, I wrote a column about that in a in, a, in an art, a local arts magazine here, the Fish Rapper. I was like, it was like 300 square feet. I had 10,000 records. I had a DJ turntable set up, a computer, and it was and and like 4,000 mice. It was a total mice infestation, but I loved it. It was like it was the best place to do work. I was right downtown in the thick of of. Toronto city center, like a walk from industry, right? A nightclub, a walk from raves that were happening all over the core. Uh, it was the ideal place to be, even though it was like a mouse infestation and, and only 300 square feet or whatever. The work that came out of that, I think was just fantastic. But I mean, the studio space, it, it configured to suit, right? Like to, to suit the work that I did at the time. And yours will too. Yours will, you know, whether you start off with a sewing machine on a table in a corner of a room and it'll grow out, grow out from there. And you, you might end up with bolts of fabric or something or like more wool. I don't know anything about knitting. But, but you see where I'm going with this is that the space grows around you. A bit like Francis Bacon's trash grew around him as he was working, but maybe not as gross. Um, I was looking at Georgia O'Keeffe, pictures of her studio. Like she lived in a desert area where it was sparse and, and I mean, almost graphic, right? Like almost like there not a lot it didn't seem like a lot of detail in anything in her surroundings a desert right with mountains some cactus or whatever but but there was a lot going on and and in her paintings reflect that but this pictures i've seen of her studio it's very very much like my mom kind of or ordered right and 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 laid out nicely and cleanly and I guess that's how she did her best thinking and converted it into painting. Now, my space now is, is I'm doing so much in it. Like I'm creating three-dimensional jewelry designs in wax and plastic and clay and whatever materials that I, I can find. I'm, I'm, I'm creating designs out of it. I'm, I'm known for making jewelry and products in precious metal from the cannabis plant. This is a, the specialty. So, you know, I've got like molds of cannabis leaves and, and stuff that I've taken. And in the studio, I actually have two cannabis plants growing, which we can do in Canada. It's completely legal. We can grow four actually. So right now I have two plants uh, that I'm growing to take leaves off of to cast uh, it, to cast into different designs and stuff for jewelry pieces over the course of the winter. They're very small plants. There's just like, I'm looking for small leaves. So these plants are like 18 inches tall at the most. And I'm just 
hacking them down and, and uh, in order to generate the smaller size leaves that I need for the designs. But so I have a, I have plants growing. I have a DJ set up. I have, I have a different tables at different heights. I've got, I've got a big, what I call a wet table. It's covered with like a shower curtain, basically taped down onto it. And that's, I have all kinds of resins and goopy shit, stuff like glues and, and, um, and, you know, in case it spills, it goes onto the shower curtain and eventually I can just roll it all up and chuck it out. Um, so kind of a wet area. And then I have another uh, area that's taller so that I can stand up at it. I'm in a lot of pain most times uh, because of osteoarthritis. But when I'm doing work, I have to move around all the time. Otherwise, it gets painful. So I'm like continuously having to, to you know, if I'm sitting down after a while, I have to stand up and work. And if I stand up for a while, and I have to sit down and, and work. So I've created a stand-up area where I can kind of, like a stand-up desk area, workbench area, where I can stand up and do designs because it's more comfortable. So create your studio space with a, an eye on comfort, whether it's being sitting in one place for a whole bunch of time uh, or moving in the space and sitting in different parts of it for a whole bunches of time. I also have a work, a jeweler's bench where I work in some metal. I don't do a lot of metal work here. Um, a little bit, just like on uh, one, one or on occasional pieces, I will work in the metal, but the studio here is primarily in the plot working in other materials to make the master models that we convert in into gold and silver in Toronto. Now, Ed, my friend and master goldsmith in Toronto, his studio, he's well organized. Like he has on his, on the walls of his studio, everything is ordered and all his pliers are in a row. All the everything is all like it's it's precise and and thought out, right? And he has an area where he mounts the wax models that I make into into casting flasks for the precious metal and that's in a well-lit area so he can see exactly what he's working really small like with other people's stuff right so he wants to be able to to, to carefully do, to do it carefully so his studio is all about like care and and uh, precision with respect to precious metal and and this is you know, this is what you want when you, you you're looking for somebody who's doing casting, right? You want you want that. You don't want to walk in and see uh, Francis Bacon's studio, right? When you're looking to get gold or platinum work done. So that's another kind of studio. A studio like sometimes artists who do really dark shit, like Geiger, the guy who did all the the uh, the alien movie designs of the monster and that it's just he does this just really dark like black and whitey stuff and i looked at his studio and it's really quite bright and open i'm thinking and clean you know like i'm thinking wow maybe it's the the heritage from the country he's from i don't know maybe it's more buttoned down or whatever but the art coming out of that was like seriously scary shit you know studios are, are cool i mean uh, Studios, I always wanted one. And now that I have one, I'm like, 
I want to put a couch in it and I want to change it. So I'm back to me again, thinking about, should I put a couch in my studio? I was thinking about that, looking at all these guys with their, and women artists with their studios. I mean, if I put a couch in it, will it change the vibe? You know, I don't have any relaxation stuff in my studio. I have a couch in my living room on the, on the grounds, right? In my house. But I don't have a, uh, in my studio space, I don't have a, a kind of sit down and relax thing. Because I guess I don't want to do that when I'm in the space. I want to, I want to make it into a, a work area. And it's important. If you're a DJ, you want a, a DJ booth. That's your studio. You want, a, you want the tools of the trade, your, your decks easy access you want records or or at easy access if you spin vinyl that's your studio if you're a music producer if you want to record vocals you want to unlike me you want to find an area that is uh, that doesn't have a lot of ambient noise right all these considerations every studio is different and what what the art you make it relates to what you how you how you construct your studio and your studio will change as you change over time like as mine did from being a photographer to now making three-dimensional objects that are cast in precious metal like it'll change if you're just starting out you haven't even decided what kind of art you want to make perhaps create a little area where you can experiment with doing what you want to create, whether it's drawing or, or writing your book or, or whatever, but create a little space for it and call it your studio. That's how you start building a studio. Just create a little area, a little space away in your household, away from everything else, just for your art, right? And, and don't encourage other people to use that space because it's your space. Tell them actually to stay away from it <laughs> because it's your studio. And, and this is where you need this, right? For your, your creative output and your creative potential. You need this to get your ideas. Like last week I talked about the hack, about hacking your visual field, right? To, to just get ideas. So when the ideas come out, this is where you'll, you'll be able to sit down at your little card table or in your, your apartment or whatever your studio this is your this will be your first studio now you have to respect your studio you too so take a photo of it because when you're famous years from now you'll be able to put it on one of these sites and say this was the first this was her first studio was this card table in this in this condo in toronto or um this was her first studio it was a little cardboard box that she opened up and and uh, where the knitting supplies were, right? But call it a studio, first off. Take a photo of it, and, and then start doing your creative shit in it. And that's, that's for me to you. Now, my studio is perpetually changing. Like, I have a DJ booth set up in my studio, and that's, that's because I'm, I often listen to music when I'm working, but sometimes I don't at all. Sometimes I won't even turn the damn stereo on because I'm, I'm so focused on the designs. But often I'll turn on music in my studio 
uh, and I'll play, I'll DJ in my studio when nobody's there, of course, but me. And I'll dance around my studio. I'll put on some jungle tracks or some something really great or some great house music or disco, even like some great disco records like, God, Relight My Fire by Dan Hartman. Holy shit. I'll be dancing around for whatever the, the, the 10 minutes the song is. That could, by the end of that, like, okay, I've burnt off a lot of stress and, and I get back at the bench and I start doing design work coming up with ideas but that's just me you can use a radio you can like just something to to turn on you can you can put music on your phone and let it play or whatever some i mean it doesn't have to be complicated it doesn't have to be a dj setup but maybe you need some music in there too or you can so you can listen to podcasts you can listen to me talking to you as you're arranging your studio the way you like it to produce the art you want so build a studio. That's my mission to you. If you don't have one uh, yet, you should build a studio. And whether it's a cardboard box that says studio in marker on the outside where your supplies are for now, that you open up and uh, convert the kitchen table into your pottery or whatever uh, creation space or your, your painting area. But no, you need something more permanent than that. You need to carve out a little area of your living space to make your art and make it, okay? I'm telling you. And once you've done that, believe me, you'll you'll start realizing stuff about your art. It'll start coming out, whether it's writing or whatever. This is your writing area. I think a lot of this has to do with, with ritual, you know? It might have to do with ritual. Like I know with me, when I go into my studio space and I, I uh, turn on the lights and I say hello to the plants, I do, I talk to them. I say, how you doing? What's going on? And I turn on all the lights and walk up to the stand-up bench and I see what's on the, on the counter and then I start working and doing stuff. Or I go in with a purpose, like, okay, I'm going to try doing this. And I, I wind up with something else entirely at the end of it. But... That's the process. Now, I keep adding stuff to the studio, tools and stuff. A lot of it I don't use, but it's nice to have when you need it. Like I have an industrial laser, so I can mark, hallmark my pieces. Like if I had to send that out to get done, this would be a a week delay or two weeks delay. And I could easily send it out to get it done somewhere. But but no, I'd rather do it on site here. It's it's. I can also use this this tool for design, which I'm using more more than hallmarking it. I'm using it for design now of pieces, of um, you know, cutting through materials, aluminum and stuff to make um, master models of pieces just for tests and stuff. So I have that. I don't need that, but I I have it. It's handy. In my case, I have a, an area set aside for photography. So I have a, a dry area. I mean, nothing, dust is the problem. Like I, I try and make it as dust-free as possible to shoot, to photograph our products. It's a little miniature photo studio within our larger design studio. So the, the piece moves from the design, from the uh, design stand-up bench to the wet bench and then maybe it, um, uh, it goes off for casting and comes back and is photographed in this little studio space 
Or sometimes I'll just photograph, you know, objects to get ideas of what they look like before I, I start designing pieces in plastic or wax or whatever to make and brush this model. But artist studios are, are different and, and, and they're, they're meant to be different. And find a, just do search online. The thing about them is they're interesting. I mean, they're, the most interesting ones are not the ones that are, uh, are curated or the ones that are set up for the photograph. You can see some of those there that are, that are just pretended to, you know, they're just like, it's not authentic. It's like, no, no, no. They, they had somebody come in and clean it up just for the photograph. No, no. Look for the ones that are just like, you'll see them. They just speak to you. They're, these are artists in their space and they're, in their space, especially if the artist is in the space, they're covered in paint or whatever, or, or marble dust. Or you, you, you get a feeling that this is this, this wasn't staged. This is how they worked, right? So look for those. But eventually, your studios are going to look like that. Your, your, all your studios are going to look like that. But for now, if you don't have one, build one. Take it out of the cardboard box and get it on a little. A little area in your living space. Start there. If you if you have money, if you have a lot of a lot of resources, maybe you can build something. But you don't need to. Uh, just start off incrementally and build a studio that you can use to produce the best work you can. And it'll evolve to follow your designs and your art. Trust me on this. Anyway, that's it for me, the Cannabis Goldsmith. I, I, what am I working on this week? Oh God. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm working on a, a couple of pitches. Like I'm pitch, I pitch people. And um, as a custom jewelry designer, I pitch people. I send them cold emails and I send them cold cold letters right uh, and saying okay here's this idea consider this please this is a pretty good idea what do you think and so I try and engage I try and engage uh, people in my product designs and ideas and and some go for it some don't and that's that's the way that's you know artists have to be do out outreach and marketing too so that's what I do anyway I sent a couple of pitches off this week one of them is is it would be amazing if it happens. I think it'll be it, it would be a win-win for everybody. But we'll see. We'll wait and see what happens. Now, uh, oh, art-wise, what am I doing? I'm working on these pitches. I've I've got a um, a, a single piece I'm working on. It's a, it's a really high-end piece that sort of it's it's a very Canadiana kind of piece that I'm working on as a pitch for someone it's it's going to be expensive to make and expensive it's going to be an expensive piece but i'm wondering i'm i'm it's a pitch too so it's kind of interwoven now i'm not going to give away too much here but um we'll see if it if the pitch doesn't work i won't have to make it and that will save some money and if the pitch works, then I'll have to make it. And uh, but I know how to make it because I've I've designed it already, and it, it'll be wicked. So that'll be an adventure. So it's a win-win situation, I guess.
Subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. If you know any artists or struggling artists or people who you think are artists but they haven't realized it yet, refer them to this podcast and maybe they will become the famous artists they've always meant to be. I'll see you next week on The Cannabis Goldsmith. The Cannabis Goldsmith is produced by Tribe Communications, Inc. in the Thousand Islands area of Ontario, Canada. You can see what we do at tribe.ca. Send us an email, alexd at cannabisgoldsmith.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week on The Cannabis Goldsmith.